And now, our feature presentation. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Cinema Shots. I'm your host Ben, aka The Marvelous Higgy, and joining me, finally released from his prison box of torment, the hero of South Galaxy, Tyler! You know, I'm surprised that we didn't rename this episode for Atomic Shot. It does have a giant kaiju in it. It does, um, and that more. Alright, everybody, it is now time for us to review the final Dragon Ball Z movie of the classic era before it pretty much went dormant uh, and then it started being uh, pushed out overseas. This is Dragon Ball Z, Wrath of the Dragon. So let's run it down before we run it down. I should probably go over the Japanese title because it's super cool. Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Fist Explosion. If Goku won't do it, who will? Which is a pretty rad name. Yeah. That sounds like one of those, like, episodes for, like, English. It's like, Gohan, Gohan exposes anger, cell attacks. It sounds like that. Whereas Wrath of the Dragon sounds like it's a Bruce Lee film or something. Yeah. Uh, Which is weird because the dragon's only in it for one instance, but it's okay. Um, This is directed by Mitsuo Hashimoto. Written by Tako Koyama, uh, and this was released July fifteenth, nineteen ninety five. So that was the last time Dragon Ball. This is the last Dragon Ball we released July fifteenth, nineteen ninety five. With the box office of two point three billion yen estimated, and our cast is Goku, uh, Shanshimo as Goku, Kyle Heber as Gohan, Kara Edwards as Gotenks Goten, Jason Liebersch as Tapion, Tapion, uh, Christopher Sabat as Vegeta. Laura Bailey as Trunks as Goten, Tiffany Vollmer as Bulma, Sunny Strait as Krillin, Kara Edwards as Videl, Mike McFarland as Masaroshi, Aaron Demuske as Minotia, Minotia, Minosha. Uh, Minosha, thank you, Rob Howard as Hurdigan, Chris Sabat as Shenron, Trip Fontaine, which sounds like a made up gangster from the 1940s, as Hoy, Brad Jackson as uh, Troy Baker, Aaron. actually. Oh, it says Trip Fontaine here. Um, uh, it's probably an alias. I'm, uh, I'm going to click it. Yes, it is. It is an alias. Why did he go by Trip Fontaine? Why? <laughs> That's weird. Okay. Uh, Brad Jackson is Oolong. And, of course, I Haber is Kyle Haber. So, I know. Uh, let's just. Uh, we always do this with these Dragon Ball movies about nostalgia, but. I have no nostalgia for this movie outside of one thing, and I want you to guess what that one thing is, Tyler. Um, I want to say it's probably either the Tenkaichi games because that's the only reason I know about this movie at all. No, dude, we got a figure of him, um, uh, of Tapion, the main character for this movie. Oh, sweet. My... Yeah, I I remember his design, dude. Like his look is. It's something you don't forget, right? The Not jacket, that, the hat. Like, he's specifically designed to be uh, designed after Chrono from Chrono Trigger, which is fitting because make that... that game came out the exact same year as this movie did. Synergy, baby! Uh, you, could go, you could almost say this is the closest you'll get to a Chrono Trigger animated movie. Yep. Um, uh, so, yeah, I and I don't know what happened to it. I've moved, like, multiple times. It probably was stolen, but... It was like, who is this guy? And we never saw... We didn't get this movie till 2000 and what, three? 2006. Um, 2006. So almost 11 years afterwards, we did not get this movie. 
Um, and so and I'm getting so was he in the Tenkaichi games? I don't remember him in any of the Tenkaichi games. Uh, Tapion is, I believe, Tenkaichi two. I know for sure he's in three, and okay. he's also uh, made a, a DLC appearance in Xenoverse two as well. That's ever well. To be fair, everyone's in that fucking game, um, and they keep adding DLC to that to that fucking game. So, all right, so um. Let's go ahead and talk about this wonderful movie. Uh, it basically kind of starts off with like uh, this monster, this kaiju, is attacking this city and um, or this other planet, presumably, and is, is is shortly sent off into the into the ether. Um, in which then it's sort of like okay, that entity is on its way here because this other person, who's clearly the villain of this, of this picture. Um, says the next target will be Earth, uh, as I do my best Hoy impersonation. Um, That's pretty good. So, so then uh, we okay, we're good. Uh, then we cut to uh, Golan and Videl as they are both uh, fighting crime as both Great Salmon and Great Salmon Two, which I. I always hated that she was just called Great Salmon too. I figured why not Great Say a woman, Great Say a gal. I don't know. This feels a little lazy to me, but. Uh, it is cool seeing Videl in the Great Salmon 2 costume. I always like that. Why is it that? Is that a costume that you can get in Fighters? I don't think it is, right? It is not, unfortunately. Uh, it's missed opportunity. Especially since she doesn't fight any differently. Um, and they're fighting crime. You know, they're doing the whole thing. Uh, and then they get report that they get a report that a man is going to uh, to jump, and Videl makes the most insensitive comment I've ever heard, and she goes, oh, you think that's bad? I got trigonometry next. I'm like, god damn, Videl, the man's gonna commit suicide, and you're, okay, whatever. You're young, I'll let it pass. Um, and so they go rescue this, this person who, it turns out to be Hoy, who is totally not evil, not evil totally at all. Totally not at no. all. Just no, look at that no. face. Nope, no, no, no. What about his whiskers? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, totally and so, no, completely trustworthy. Doesn't doesn't look like Garlic Junior at all. Um, and he basically approaches them and tells them the story of the legendary hero known as Taipan, who is trapped inside this music box, and only and through and only with the help of Tapion can they stop this evil uh, this evil uh, that is approaching Earth. Um, and so, uh, they gather all the, the heroes, and Goku's al alive? When did that happen? Did that happen? Um, did he get his... So, we should probably talk about the timeline placement of this movie. So, yeah. Um, in terms of actual canon, this is one of the few movies that may or may not be canon, depending on your interpretation, because yeah. this takes place immediately after the confrontation with Kid Buu. Everyone is revived thanks to the Dragon Balls. Uh, Goku is back thanks to Old Kai giving him his life. And, um, yeah, everything is all hunky-dory from here. Okay, so uh, that like the happy ending, you know, that everybody gets. Vegeta's back. Everybody's back. Um, which is good. I was like, okay, so this is, like, literally the epilogue movie. Um, and so um, Goku's brilliant idea is, like, oh, we need balls. Um, <laughs> My favorite out of context says, line in the movie, and it's it's great. I was taken aback for it, um, and they basically use it to as a reason to get the Dragon Balls. I feel like every single Dragon. I mean, to be fair, they are consistent. Almost every single Dragon Ball Z movie uses the Dragon Balls in some fashion. Like, hey, it's in the name. Use them. At least half of um, them do. 
Yes, a, a good chunk. And they use the ma- they use the Dragon Balls to unleash Shenron. But I thought he got three wishes. Did they change that again? Um, <laughs> or- for the sake of the movies, um, it only grants them the one wish. Um, with okay. this upgrade, Shenron, um, they can get a maximum of three. Two if they uh, multi-res people. Okay. Uh, but Shenron uh, quickly, uh, with no hesitation unlocks the music box which by the way i want to mention about the music box the most beautiful piece of flute music ever in a dragon ball z piece of media ever like holy crap yeah. um just because it's such in star contract well i think we'll talk about more of that when we get to uh we'll talk more about tapion um and, and it unleashes the hero um tapion but he's pissed he's pissed that he's released from this prison and you're wondering wait why? What's what's going on? And then all of a sudden, it gets fucking Godzilla up in this piece. Um, or um, at least half of it, because uh, half of lower it, yeah. half of um, giant monster starts attacking West City, and which leads to Gohan and Videl trying to take it on. Um, and um, they, I think they, they they ward it off for the most part. Um, uh, and it's it's. We're not sure what the connection is to this monster. It just showed up out of nowhere. Um, and uh, uh, it's not until Tapion himself shows up and plays the ocarina, which is what you heard on the music box. He starts playing that familiar theme, and he basically causes them to leave. Um, which then now Hoy, after telling the heroes that um, Tapion is needed to uh, save the galaxy from this threat, that... Tapion is now dangerous. He is the he is the true threat, and that the Ocarina is the true thing that will cause the destruction of the universe. So it's like already this this fucker is um, trying to uh, full uh, shield man. To, exactly. So meanwhile, and so like Tapion is kind of sequestered himself off, kind of brooding in all the right ways. Trunks is trying to um, uh, like like warm up to him like he sees something cool in him that sword looks awfully familiar uh, as it were yeah we'll um, get to that yeah exactly um and there's trunks is just trying to be like endearing towards him um there's this uh and it's it's like he really sees a connection with with him um and uh, ultimately, that comes into help like way later on. It, it really they do a good job of establishing this connection between. And I thought that it's because Vegeta was dead because Vegeta doesn't show up to the end of this movie. And I thought, oh, he's dead, so he wants a father figure. Here's Tapion, you know. But no, Vegeta's very much alive. It's just you know, Bulma. There's a conversation Bulma has with Adele that you know Vegeta uh, or uh, Trunks is very lonely. He's an only child, like. You know, like yeah, he has me and his dad, but like it's not the same. You know, Tapion's like a like his is like his older brother. Yeah, he um, kind of sees uh, Goten's relationship with his older brother Gohan, and it kind of uh, leads to sort of jealousy and a want for an older brother type of figure, and that's where yeah. Tapion comes in. Exactly, it's like that that wanted need. It's like men, like women say, like, oh, m- women, men only want the desire. No, we want big brothers who will take care of us. And we want we want to not have to feel strong all the time. That's a true male fantasy. Um, so uh, then we actually get some backstory um, a little bit. Um, uh, Trunks and Tapion get close, uh, and he kind of tells them a little bit about what happened on his home planet. 
Um, like that, and this is like a thousand years ago, by the way. So he's t- it's like time travel. He's like Captain. He's basically Captain America at this point. Um, and that his his world was basically destroyed by this monster known as Drurudagon. Drurudagon. There you go. Drurudagon. I don't know why I was saying Drurudagon. I think that's something else. Um, uh, and so, uh, unfortunately, Trunks falls asleep while telling the story. Like you know, hey, whatever. It was cute. Um, and he's leaving, and Bulma stops him and like, and, and like, you know, you want to talk about it? Like, I'm here, you know. In a, in a very uncharacteristic scene in like a Dragon movie, they slow it down. Like this movie is relatively slow and not as much action as you would as other Dragon Balls would be. But we'll talk about that as we move on. And we learn that um, Tapion's people were peaceful. Uh, they're pretty. It's pretty much the world of Chrono Trigger. Um, in fact, I think the, the, my favorite description that Tapion gives of his world, which is, uh, is it Konos or Kronos? I, not Kronos. It's a C. I know it's a C, but they don't say it in the damn Wikipedia. Um, but they, uh, it, like, it's so beautiful that the, you, the, the ocean is so clear that you can see to the deepest depths of the ocean. Like, that's, that's, that's insane. I would love to see that realized at some point. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, um, uh, Hoy... Uh, belongs to these uh, race of of sorcerers who they have a name. I'm They're not Kashvar. Tr- Kashvar, thank you. And they basically are they are Nazis. They are they are way space wizard Nazis who believe they are the superior race and they are the rights to rule over everybody. And they unleash uh, the villain. Uh, Herutagon upon um, the, the peaceful planet of Tapion. It was actually evil that those people had sealed away a long time ago, so uh, it's unfortunate. It's like causing destruction. And only with these two ocarinas, both Tapion and his younger brother, um, Minosha, with Minosha, are, uh, are uh, with the, uh, basically distract uh, Herutagon just enough for this badass looking, they call him a sorcerer, uh, but he didn't look like a sorcerer to me. Um, He's a fucking probably, paladin, man. Yeah, fucker, up, got a class upgrade. Slices uh, Harutagon in half, and unfortunately, because I guess of how Harutagon is, um, they have to split. He's literally split in half, so they put one half inside of Tapion, one and one half inside of um, uh, Minosha. And, and as we saw in the beginning of the movie, Minosha got stomped flat, and the and as we saw before, the bottom half of Harutagarn is literally running free. Yes. So, and as a as a sort of because they were chosen, I guess, out of just not out of out of circumstance. Uh, not only will they have Harutagarn sealed separately inside them, they will then have to be put inside this box, these musical boxes. And then ship to the other side of the galaxy, so they never interact with each other. Which is like, and he says, "That's the last time I saw my brother." So you can see why he kind of takes a kinship to Trunks because Trunks reminds him of his brother. Yeah. Very, very tragic backstory, though. Very, like, possibly one of the most tragic backstories in Dragon Ball history. I'll, I'll, I'll wager. Um, and unfortunately, though. Um, uh, Hoy starts to make his plan. He actually tries to steal the ocarina and convince Trunks that um, uh, uh, that Tapion is evil and that the ocarina needs to be destroyed. Knowing that the ocarina is the only thing that holds back uh, Hirudagon. Um and so through uh, a spell, 
that um, that Hoy casts. Uh, Harutagon is able to he unleashes Harutagon from Tapion, and now Harutagon is officially whole, and it's pretty much a Godzilla movie at this point. Yep, um, Godzilla with a t- tinge of Dragon Ball action. Uh, and it's like Goku's not having an effect. We even see an appearance from, uh, as as I said, from Gotenks, who actually does a great job with it. Um, he actually does the best out of all of them. Even Ultimate Gohan yeah. doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, I did find that funny when like they transfer into Super Saiyans, but Gohan's like say normal. But I guess because he's a, he's like ascended, um, uh, it uh, uh, <laughs> because he's ascended. He didn't. He doesn't need to do that or whatever he did with Grand Ka- Supreme Kai or whatever. I don't remember all that nonsense. He started getting soft um, after the Boo stuff. True. He can't transform into Super Saiyan. Actually, no, he can. He can. Uh, it's just not as strong as before. Yeah. Um. And it becomes a fight for survival. Even Vegeta shows up for a second, but he gets body pretty quickly. But in a character development, he actually helps people, like prevents people from dying in this building that Harutagon shoots at. Um, which I don't think I've ever seen Vegeta do that. Um, so that's... He, he, look, listen, the Boo Saga changed a lot of people, okay? That shit was dark. Um, and, yeah, I uh, think uh, Vegeta came out the best after the Boo Saga. Like, he definitely changed for the better. Oh, for sure. Like, he's still that arrogant, you know, rival character, but not nearly as, like, annoying as he used to be. Um, and, but luckily, during the battle, Tapion manages to start playing the flute and seemingly suck all... I think he sucks all of Harutagon into him, correct? Yes. So he sucks all of them. And this is, like, the most heartbreaking moment in the scene. So obviously, they can't... They, at least at this point, they can't kill Harutagon at their state, at this current state. So um, Tapion's fighting all he can and asks Trunks to kill him to save the universe. And Trunks is... Like, I, I didn't cry, but I felt something, man. Uh, what is it giving Trunks the most emotional scenes in these movies? Um, but uh, Trunks is given his sword, and he's he's this close to hitting to killing him. And I thought, man, are they going to really... Are they going to do this? Um, uh, they don't, uh, unfortunately. Um, and Trunks just the struggles with it because I'm like, you're asking a kid to kill, like, his, you know, his brother. Um... Or his his uh what what's the word I'm thinking for F- not foe um somebody who uh, looks up to and that's that's not easy yeah like an idol exactly um so um that unfortunately leads Dragoon to come back who by the way gets a new fucking form that is like way more bug like and monstrous and definitely does not look like Lavos at all um at least yeah, in right. his like humanoid form but really cool regardless. Um, of course, this leads to Goku coming in and saving the day as Super Saiyan 3. And even at Super Saiyan 3, Goku was kind of struggling. Like, a little bit of toying, but a lot, of, a little bit of struggling, a little bit of both. There is a and, purpose for that. Um, yeah. Way before the fight, um, Karudugarn is pretty much intangible. Like, when they try to hit him, he just fades away in the smoke as if they're fighting a mirage. But... If they get him pissed off enough and uh, make his negative emotions come full flux, he becomes tangible, and that's exactly what Goku does in this fight. He pretty much taunts him the entire time and pisses him off just enough to get in the killing blow. Yeah, um, and it was really cool, and um, 
They, uh, they, if they're ever as good, we get, like I said, the dragon fist attack, which I think that's the first time we ever see it. This is the first time remember. we see the dragon fist, and they, and uh. he uses it several more times in Dragon Ball GT afterwards. Okay, yeah, because I know I saw it there, and I think it's a move in Super? I'm uh, not Super, but, uh, in, in Fighters, I think, I see, you see it? Uh, yes, um, it's Goku's level three. There you go, I knew you saw it there. Um, and... As, a, as sort of like a thank you, Bulma gives him the time machine, allowing Tapion to go back in time to basically stop. No, he just goes back to his own planet. He doesn't go oh, back in time okay. at all. That's the time machine, so I assume he goes back in time. Okay, well, okay, he just goes home. He goes home. That's fine. Um, unfortunately, his brother's not going to be there. But he presents Trunks with his sword as, so that's all this movie was, how do we give Trunks the sword? <laughs> Which is weird, because the future Trunks that we know comes from a parallel universe, so does that mean so like, that um, in the in the post-apocalyptic future that he comes in, they defeated Harutagarn and Hoi, and that's how he got the sword? I don't know. Who knows, man? Who knows? Maybe it's just how this reality... I think it's how this reality Trunks got the sword, you know? Because he has it in GT, I think, right? Um, uh, I don't think so, no. Uh, I'm gonna look it up real quick, because uh, I'm pretty sure he does. Um, Trunks. There we go. I'm pretty sure he has the sword. Uh, no, he does not. He does not wear it. I thought he had the sword. Okay, never mind. Um, does, and then he does, does he have it in Super? Uh, he, uh, the future version of him does, most definitely. Yeah, okay, but not like the one, okay. Not Kid Trunks, uh, no. I forgot they recolored his hair to blue. Why did you do that, guys? Because Bulma's um, hair in the actual manga is blue. Purple. It's been whatever. Um, that's we'll bitch about that when we get to super, or I will bitch about that. Uh, so there you go. That's that's um that's uh the Wrath of the Dragon. But Tyler, this movie blew me the fuck away, man. Yeah, this is a really surprising finale for Dragon Ball Z, as far as we know, anyway. It's not, dude. It doesn't even. The weird thing. It's very much like Final Wars to Godzilla to uh like a, to a Godzilla, or like it doesn't feel like one, but for all the right reasons, you know. Yeah. Like um, there's still some elements, obviously the action and the sort of wild this but it feels more like like a fantasy adventure movie with like just with a little bit of modern aesthetics, like it. And again, like, that moment when Bulma is sitting down with Tapion, like, like to slow it, basically to stop the movie to, like, give this heartfelt exposition, I was like, this is so weird, because I'm, I'm, we're used to these Dragon Ball movies going boom, 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 not stopping to, like, get the mood of a character. Yeah, since there's no deadlines to continue the anime anymore, because Dragon Ball Z is pretty much finished at that point. Um, they can actually take the time to develop their new characters and uh, slow things down for the sake of it. And I think this movie benefits for that. Yeah. Um, and I think it takes advantage of, of, of like... Like, I think it does the smart thing of, like, Tapion is clearly the main character. And it uses... It just uses the, the Dragon Ball... The, the Z-Warriors as, a, as, like, a prop up to push him, like, make him the focus. Him and, tr- him and Trunks uh, equally so... Um, but, like, even, like, the involved, like, the fact that it has space, like, space Nazi wizards, um, you got magical shit going on, like, it, it had that, 
it was like a perfect blend of Dragon Ball lightheartedness and tone, but Dragon Ball Z seriousness and consequences. Yeah, it does the best of both worlds here, for sure. Like, I would say it's almost close. Like, if you would have put this, like, with those earlier films, like, with World Strongest, um, Dead Zone, it, like, to me, it, it fits, like, right there, honestly. Yeah, for sure. Um, no Piccolo, though, sadly enough. That, that would have been great. Yeah. Um, uh, but let's talk about Tapion himself. I love this character. And obviously a, a direct connection to Chrono from Chrono Trigger, but... I don't care, because his design looks sick as hell. Yeah, right. He's pretty much just a chrono with uh, the baggy clothes and the sword. But the only thing that sets him apart is that he doesn't have the headband, and his hair is kind of shaped like in a mohawk, kind of like the Supreme Kai. A little bit, pretty much, yeah. But, like, the coat, like, the way he is, um, like, like, his coat, it's definitely the coloring is all pretty much from chrono. Yeah, if this was a promotion for Chrono Trigger, then this does a pretty damn good job. Exactly. Um and he just he just looks really, really cool. Like this the scarf, like everything about him, like it it still feels like it's part of the Dragon Ball Z universe, but um it 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 still stands on its own, you know? Yeah. Um and and as for his character, I like that he kinda starts off as this you know, angry. Like, he's obviously rightfully angry because he knows, you know, he knows that uh, if he's released, that means... Um, it means that Harutagarn has a better chance of escaping again. Yeah, exactly. And I like his sort of evolution of being, you know, moody and, and cringe to, <laughs> to warming up to everybody and to stepping up to saving the day. And for a guy who doesn't fight, he doesn't throw a single punch outside of the fi- like even the final blow. It's it's all Goku. He he commands such a presence about him when he's on screen. And a, and, a, and that's I, that's I think this is a lot considering you have guys like Goku and there's Gohan in his great Saiyan outfit, and of course there's the, the there's Goten and Trunks right there. Yeah, it's it's a really stark contrast. Um, Tapion is one of those unique characters that isn't really a fighter, but is still cool nonetheless. Yeah, as they could make him a fighter, like put him in fighters. Come on, do it. I don't care. Give him some cool sword moves. But I guess Trunks. That's basically Trunks. Um, so yeah, uh, and I do like God. You, if you had told me like after this movie they were going to do a spinoff series following Tapion and his adventures on his own planet. Like, that would have been sick, but obviously yeah, right. not, to, not not to be. If it doesn't focus about Goku, we will not do it. Um, and uh, so, like, let's let's talk about, um, like, uh, Harutagod. Yeah, I and love, by extension, I, Hoi. Yeah, I, I kind of laughed how comically idiot that both Gohan and Goku are. I'm like... Even Videl is like, this guy's clearly a villain. Like, clearly a villain. And I, I, I couldn't help but laugh at how they're like, no, 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 let's give him a chance. Ah, <laughs> uh, that, cl- that classic son naivete. Exactly. Even I even love Bulma's line later on. It's like, is those, those whiskers were a dead giveaway. And she's right! She's fucking right about those damn whiskers. Yeah. Um... 
But even, like, the way he was talking and, like, just looking and, like, 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 how he would say certain things, it reminded me of, um, Pro ZDs, like, certain, like, where villains are, like, who are not revealed to be the villains. I'm like, this world is imperfect. I'm like, are you okay, dog? Like, <laughs> oh, I'm sure he's fine. And the next thing you know, he turn he, he causes everybody. But, like, I didn't expect Hoy to be a fucking ninja. Like, what the hell was that? Yeah, man, apparently Dark Wizards also uh, excel in ninjutsu. Batsu no wizard jutsu. That's what that shit is. This is what that shit is. He's got his... Okay, yeah, I thought it was, like... He's not... He does more than, say, your standard villain. Like, he gets involved when he needs to, but he's largely, like, trying to be a puppet master for Harutagon. But it was... I did not expect this movie to be a kaiju movie. In, in all sense of word, you know? Um, it was a nice welcome change of pace, is what I'll say. Oh, yeah. And um, I think that's all we have to say about Hoy. Let's get into Harutagarn. Yeah, fucking sick, sick-ass design, dude. Oh, my God, I love it. Yeah, the first one is menacing enough, but once he uh, molts that skin uh, and turns into his more recognizable golden form, that's when shit gets real. Yeah, dude, I do love the base form though, where it's like you have. Obviously, I think the rib cage and the and the and the skull are very much like a callback to the Chrono Trigger like skeleton boss, um, the big one you one of the first big ones you fight. Oh, but yeah. I like it has like a devil tail. It has like weird pulsating things in its arm. It's it's a re- it's like a mishmash of a lot of things, but it still looks cool as all hell. Yeah. Definitely a um, uh, Castle Grayskull-looking final boss monster. Yes, or like I said, you could probably find this as a Chrono Trigger secret boss. But then, holy shit. Uh, so, tr- Gotenks successfully, like we talked about earlier, successfully um, demolishes him. And they think he's gone. And then you start. I start to see his skin crack. I'm like, oh god, is he molting? And he molts into this second form. And... I'm just saying, if Beelzebub had an anime form, this is what it would look like. Like, Janemba was pretty close. This is pretty much Dragon Ball Satan right here. Yes. Or, like, Dragon Ball... Yeah, or, like... Because, like, there's there's several Lords of Hell, so this is definitely a Lord of Hell somewhere. Um, Obviously, there's there's very Toriyama, you know, the phrase of pauldrons, you know, like, the sort of lines in there, the shoulder blades... But just something about you got the rib cage, the big claws, the horns, the the huge wings. Like it's just, dude, this thing is fucking scary, man. Yeah, man. If cicadas could become giant monsters that aren't cell, yeah, this is pretty terrifying. It's it's uh, why can't put this as the final boss for fighters too? Please bring Harugan back or something. Make it like a Galactus style fight. I don't care how. Yeah, right. um, just do it. Um, and and we're only we're gushing about it just because uh, Tyler and I love Godzilla and stuff like that. So it is. Um, it's pretty. It was pretty cool to see it, and I love his roars. Uh, even though Goku ultimately gets the W, I think uh, they did a great job of making this monster look memorable. Yeah, it's memorable, and it has a really unique gimmick too. Um... Again, he can pretty much just make himself intangible unless he's angry. 
Yeah, exactly. Which is which is cool. Like so, like you don't want to matter gets the the matter Harutagon gets the more you can touch Harutagon. What? Uh, um. Very 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 cool monster. Uh. So I'm trying to think of what else we could say about this movie. It, it's just it was such a pleasant um, surprise. Probably the finale because we probably have to talk more in depth about the movie's namesake, the Dragon Fist. Yeah. So. Goku is pretty much, as we were saying, manipulating Harutagon to basically get more pissed, more or angry, so he can punch him. And in doing so, his last attack is known as I call it the drag, not Dragon Fist, right? Um, uh, or, it, sometimes it's called the Dragon Fist Explosion. Dragon Fist Explosion. Okay. Um, and uh, and he basically flies up. Um, and, uh, into, into Harutagon, and, like, it forms Shenron. Like, yeah, it, it literally forms, for- it forms a golden Shenron, and just fucking yeah. King Piccolo's him. Like, he, like, goes right through his abdomen, and then completely wraps its body around him, and they both disappear. Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. Um... Also, I would like to mention, this is the only original move that Goku has in his arsenal. Right, exactly. He doesn't, um, everything he else has learned is used, for, is used from either King Kai, Aliens, Kami, or, uh, Master Roshi. But, um, here, like, also a nice callback to the fact, like you said, King Piccolo, since this is the last Dragon Ball movie, um... And Goku's standing triumphantly. I can't get over the fact that the dragon wraps him up and basically chokes him out before exploding. It's it's such a cool visual. Yeah, it's and, a really neat visual flair uh, to wrap up this movie. Even though it almost comes out of nowhere. But I can forgive it because the dragon fist is so fucking cool. Also, yeah, I would like it, to mention, uh, mm-hmm. this, this series is called Dragon Ball. But in any action scene that is involved... There are no dragons involved whatsoever. So, this is the only instance where Shenron actually helps in a fight to some degree. Right. And it's like, where did did Goku learn? Because like, do, do we ever find out, like, how does he know this technique? Or, like, did he just, like, hey, it'd be cool. Uh, it just comes out of nowhere, and he never explains how he does it. But... It doesn't even matter. I, I like to imagine that he just came up with it on a whim and was like, oh, there's a giant monster. I'm going to use this shit on him. Yeah, it's 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 so cool. Um, I, I can't I, I just can't get over it. Like he like the way Goku screams. And again, if you play fighters, you've probably seen it. This the fire imagery. Um, why didn't he did he use this against Omega Shenron in GT? I don't remember. Yeah, um, he used it against uh, Ice Shenron, Super 17 and Omega Shenron. Does he use it in Super? I don't think he used it in Super, no. Oh, come on, Goku. You're, like, right there. I guess he's he's a god now, so he doesn't have to do it. Yeah. Um, also, it was nice to see uh, Super Saiyan 3 actually fight and not just, like, get, you know, yeah. stand there for, um, like, five minutes. All throughout the Boo Saga, and even in Battle of Gods, Super Saiyan 3 is pretty strong, but it has a gigantic drawback in the fact that it uses up a gigantic amount of energy, so it never actually won a fight during those battles. But here, it actually gets the win, and it's actually kind of refreshing to see Goku's strongest form take the win for once. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah. What a, if there's a way to end, like, I don't know if they knew this would be the last Dragon Ball movie, because theoretically they could have, even the show was over, you could have kept making movies, but I, I guess, I don't know how Japan works, um, uh, I don't know how, how Japan works, uh, in terms of, like, anime series and getting movies, but I don't, uh, who knows if Dragon Ball's popularity was waning in Japan at the time, but... They could have kept making movies, but if you're going to well, go out... Well, it was popular enough that uh, Toy Animation did make the series Dragon Ball GT, which did True. circulate for about a year, but and then, that series didn't do so well, so it kind of ended with Dragon Ball on the Japan side of things to like be stagnant. So, let's go ahead and wrap up the review part. Is there anything else that we missed? Uh, we should probably talk about... Oh, wait, we already did talk about Trunks and the Sword. Um... Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that's everything. So let's, we're going to give our ratings, and we're going to kind of give a not a full retrospective because again, we still have the super, the three super movies through, and the watch long coming next week for you guys. So, but we're going to give a quick sort of retrospective of like just watching all these magical movies. Um, Tyler, out of how many Dragon Balls out of five do you give Wrath of the Dragon? I will give this a solid four and a half uh, star ball out of five. This is a surprisingly um, well-paced Dragon Ball movie, and it's probably one of the better ones that we've seen so far. Um, the new villain, Harutagarn, and by extension, Hoi, is great. Uh, Tapion is a badass new protagonist introduced in this movie, and his relationship with Trunks is uh, pretty believable, in all honesty. And, of course, it gives us one of the coolest moves in the entirety of Dragon Ball in the Dragon Fist. So, there's a lot to take in from this movie. Um, even if you're um, not a fan, you can jump into this, no problem. Um, I will give it a four, four balls out of five. I utterly love this movie. Um, I love how different it was than any other Dragon Ball movie. I like that it had, there was, there was heart to it. The stakes felt real. Uh, I love the relationship between, um, Typeon, uh, Tipeon and Trunks. Um, very fitting. This. Just a surprising, well done movie, and of course, it, it all meshed in with a kaiju uh, monster flick. Like it has all these different elements that, under any normal circumstances, it wouldn't work. But somehow, it's a perfectly blended uh, cup of roast coffee that you get in the morning that just goes, mmm, that just tastes just right. It's it was so much fun, and in this is coming after saying last week with Fusion Reborn was so much fun. Like I, I think this was much more like on a different level of fun. Um, yeah. and like it, like, as, as I said before, if you're going to go out with a, if you're, if this is going to be the last Dragon Ball movie, you're going to go out, go out with a bang. And this went out with a fucking bang. Oh, most deaf. I would so, have been happy uh, if this was the last Dragon Ball thing that we got, but alas, yeah. uh, most popular things do have to continue. Yeah. Well, it, well, okay, let's talk about that. So, um, Dragon Ball would obviously go dormant in Japan and then we and then finally they decided well at least officially because again there was there was stuff Dragon Ball out there beforehand but um never like globally and then a little program called what I think it, it Tsunami in what 1998 97 it was or um it had to be 97 uh, right I think it was before that it was on Kids WB for us okay I could I, I remember well let's just say it exploded with 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 tsunami that that's where it started yeah um and like like i said i think that was like 97 98 and dragon ball was already popular in 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 the east in japan obviously 
But when Dragon Ball moves to get like gets localized for the first time with the Ocean dub and eventually the Funimation dub and stuff like that, Dragon Ball's popularity fucking soared. And it's crazy to think a series that was the story was over, it's ended. Obviously they did they did GT, but that kind of fizzled out. So and after that there was more Dragon Ball that that it soared in popularity when it came to the West and to reach heights that it pretty much transcend, it trans, it transcended where it originally came from, including these thirteen movies that we just watched. Oh yeah, um, it's crazy that um, it it regained new life here. Like, um, I wouldn't think that an old show like Dragon Ball wouldn't be as popular as it was in like the late nineties. You know, it was it was the right show at the right time for the right people. There was just something magic about it that captivated all of us at that age like everybody you knew was talking about dragon ball in the early days yeah so much so that a whole bunch of uh, japanese companies started making dragon ball games again and uh, it kind of spurred on to eventually making uh dragon ball media again exactly kind of find ourselves in a post super world where it's still going on uh, like the story still continues with Dragon Ball Super, so who knows? Yeah, um, and it went dormant for so long after after the Boo Saga ended for us, right? After the and then the movie came out. We'll talk about the movie next week. Um, but uh, as for these thirteen movies, while some of them were duds, <laughs> let's be real. Yeah, uh, and some of them, it's just like Godzilla. They all can't be perfect. The ones that are good are just hit that right spot of just like yeah this is great yeah a lot of these movies have that magical mix of og dragon ball uh comedy and um the dragon ball z action that we come to expect and they they do them surprisingly well when they do and uh, some of these are surprising uh hitters like I didn't expect to like World's Strongest as much as I do when I first no. watched it. And it's one of my favorite Dragon Ball movies ever. And, of course, um, I still love Fusion Reborn, Lord Slug, Cooler's Revenge, uh, all that stuff. Yeah, for me, it was re-watching, uh, uh, really appreciating World's Strongest for the first time and, like, understanding why people like it a lot. Um, you know, seeing, of course, being able to relive how cool Cooler is with you with Cooler's Revenge... Was was dope as hell, um, and even though the Broly sequel sucked, the first Broly movie, with its despite its flaws, was, a, was really something special when you first saw it. Um, yeah. And of course, I, I really enjoyed um, uh, the last two, which again I had seen figures of the main characters or villains of them before I had, but to actually see where their movies come from and just to see like how radically different they were from the typical. Um, uh, Dragon Ball Affair, especially in context, like seeing how it changed uh, over the course from the start to th- to the end, like, it, like I I don't think honestly, unfortunately, I don't think you can watch these movies without watching Dra- without having watching Dragon Ball because like there's so much of, like wait who the fuck are you wait why are you here because like you have there's to be some that you can watch have- out of context like Dead Zone is a good one and definitely World's Strongest. But yeah, any those of these are... other ones, you definitely need context for Dragon Ball in its world in order to fully understand them. Yeah, it's a, it's like they give you some context, but it's just like a little hard to like wait what's going. Like this one, I think is a good example of watching it with no context. Honestly, like oh you, for sure. 
especially since it's, it's the whole, the threat of Boo is is a, is finished. Where the fuck is Oob? Um, anyways, um, uh, that's some tangent. But um, it's been a lot of fun, Tyler, watching these old school movies with you. And thankfully, iTunes had them all, and I could relive a childhood, relive my childhood, while also discovering new things and rediscovering why I like certain things in, uh, when I was younger. Um, oh yeah, going through this journey was a hell of a good time, even through the rough spots. Yes, even through like we're like, oh god, oh god, I gotta watch Bio Broly. <laughs> um, luckily, we don't have to do it once. Um, so ne- just to give a couple date, next week will not be a regular episode. Next week will be a watch long between me, Tyler, and Justin as we watch the movie uh, that pissed off so many people and pissed off the creator of Dragon Ball himself. To basically start creating again. Next week, we're finally going to do it. It is, uh, we're going to do a watch along for Dragon Ball Evolution. Um, Ooh. So, strap yourselves in. We did it for Godzilla 98. We're not going to do this for every series because it doesn't apply there, but it just, it, apply, it happens to apply here. This um, movie fucking deserves it just as much as 98 did. Yes. Yeah, so, grab your popcorn for next week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and of course, um, uh, then after that, we will be covered to sort of end this before we move on to the next franchise we'll be covering, uh, which, again, you guys will determine what we watch. Uh, we will be covering the last three Super movies, which are uh, Battle of Gods. Battle of Gods, Resurrection F, and Super Broly. Super Broly. We will not be covering the new one because it is not out yet for us. So I'm sorry about that. Maybe somewhere down the road we'll, pull, we'll do like an EX episode and we'll cover that. But for now, this, this is what we will do. Uh, Tyler, please plug your stuff. You can follow me on Twitter at HeyIt'sNotTy. Check the pinned tweet to take you to my YouTube channel, home of Tire Shoes Reviews, where I review old-ass fighting games for your pleasure. I also have some highlights from a stream that I did with uh, Nero the Hero, also known as Lo, uh, where we played a bunch of duels in Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel. I had a lot of fun making them, and I hope that you enjoy them as well. Uh, speaking of streaming, I also stream on Twitch on Sunday evenings at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, where I'm all, not only doing Yu-Gi-Oh! Master Duel, but also whatever the heck I want. I, also, I was actually thinking of playing through old Sonic games again, just like I did in 2020 when we were doing Atomic Shot. So, look forward to that. It'll be fun. And, of course, you can follow me at twitter.com slash MarvelousIggy. And you can I stream live at four times a week at Twitch.tv slash Iggy2814, uh, where I stream Saturday, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, all at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. Check the schedule, see what I'm playing, or check my Twitter. Uh, and, of course, go to Charger.com for this very episode, as well as our our main show, which is the Charger Games Cast. And, of course, you can check out our wrestling watch-longs that I do with Thomas as well. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. It's been a fun journey. We'll see you all next week for the watch long. Until then, next time, guys, stay classy. Good night, everybody. I'm going to go back into my music box now.